This week on The Pour Over, Dill and Joe are talking about the first season of Master of None. They discuss episodes 9 and 10, mornings and the finale. Did Dev ever find the second best taco spot in New York? I bet New York tacos aren't even that good. Let's pour it all over. Hey friends, welcome to The Pour Over Podcast, hosted by myself, Dill, and Joe. Each week we bring you our thoughts on a certain episode of a TV show, and most importantly, chit-chat about the very thing so many of us depend on each morning, coffee. This time we're chatting about Master of None, the Netflix original written by Aziz Ansari and Alan Yang. It stars Aziz as Dev, a hopeless romantic living in New York City, and the show is praised for its real take on modern romance, offbeat laughs, and undeniable heart. Before we get into that, let's catch up with the Pour Over Boys. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's up, man? Not much. Yeah, um, I'm doing good, man. I'm just, uh, you know, um, working, you know, doing some, a lot of stuff going on at work right now. Mm. Um, I'm glad we're recording the pod. You know, yeah. it's, uh, I feel like, you know, our personal lives have been a little crazy lately. So, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with things, but I'm glad to be back on the show. Yeah, yeah, that's good. We, we, you know, we, we take a little break, but a little bit off of the schedule, maybe by a week, I guess, by the time the episode will be released. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be recording as well. Um, yeah. How's your coffee been this week? Uh, coffee's been good. It's been good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm uh, still drinking the Woodboro, the Lolinda from Bolivia. Uh, it's been a really pleasant cup every morning. Mm-hmm. Um I, uh, well, actually, the Lindland that was before, sorry, I mean the Guyabalis, sorry. Oh, yes, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the the raspberry jam is definitely, um, hitting it. I do feel Mm. the floral. The guava, though, that's something I'm having trouble understanding. Hmm. Um, like, like you taste it, or like it's it's confusing, or, or it's just not there. I guess it's not there, but I don't really eat a lot of guava. Oh, that's true. I don't even know so, how to describe it. Yeah. I don't know, like tropical, I guess. Mm. I don't really know. Juicy, of course. Juicy, yes. <laughs> the default. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been a good cup every morning. Um, how's your coffee been? Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. So I, I did get that Misto box delivery finally. I think nice. last time we talked, I was waiting for it. It's about to show up. And um, this this one is just okay. Like, hmm. it's not the best bean, but I I think it's it's more personal preference than the bean's not good. Like, I I feel like we always go back to the adjective of, like, drinkable. I mean, it is pretty drinkable. Okay. But like, yeah. yeah, first, you know, I think I had to dial it in too, but because I think the flavor notes on mine were lemon, brown sugar, and balanced. Yeah, I remember balanced. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, it, I would say those are actually pretty accurate for what I'm okay. I'm getting. So yeah, yeah. first it was interesting. Like I, I, I got like, you know how then the lemon kind of sour f- flavor, you kind of like pucker a little bit or you just kind of feel it on your tongue. Mm-hmm. I think the first time I brewed it, I like got that feeling without the lemon flavor. It's kind of kind of interesting. Oh, um, but so it's just like yeah. acidic. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but it, like I don't know, it's weird. It's like more more the sen- sensation than anything else. So, hmm. um, but I think it was a little under extracted that time. It could have been why. Okay, but um, 
Yeah, as I've been brewing it this week, I think, yeah, the lemon is coming out. And yeah, I would say it's it's balanced. But like, so I did do that review. We kind of talked about that last week. Oh, where, okay. Where, you know, the Missile Box, they, they sent me the email. They're like, what'd you think? Uh, give yeah. us your review. And like, if you want, they, they give you the option of sending it to the coffee curator. So like, I guess if oh. you don't send it, they won't read it. I don't know. Or they might not read it. But just for like, as they kind of choose your next bean and whatnot. But I, I put, I gave it a three, three out of five. Hmm. So I put, I mean, I, it's, it, it is as advertised. But I put, is like balanced maybe to the point of being flat. Oh. So not like okay. much happening. So like yeah. it wasn't bad, but you know, it wasn't like fantastic either. Like featureless. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a diss, man. Like a little bit. Like it's balanced. Like I think balanced is the the most most appropriate (laughs) one. So yeah, but that's like balance is a nice adjective for describing a person. Mm. Not so nice when talking about something that should be, you know, like popping, tasty. You know. Yeah. I mean, but. I think when I was thinking about it, it makes sense a little bit from the perspective of Misto Box. Like, this is the mm. first bean that they're sending me, right? Oh, And so yeah. maybe they don't really know my preferences yet. So they True. send this, like, pretty solid, standard, like, not not bad by any means. Yeah. But, like, just to see how I take it, you know? I think that would be my guess if I'm trying to sure. justify. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what the next one is like since I, I do have one more that's gonna come. I still have a little while though since I just got this shipment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very nice. Yep. Also, I've and been yeah. uh, I've been using the AeroPress again. Okay. So I, I got it back, um, and I've been using that for the past few days. Nice. Yeah, and it's it's, it's been fun. You know, it's, it's nice to go back to different brew methods that i haven't used in a while right yeah it does the volume is is the struggle though because it doesn't make a lot yeah yeah that's um that that is that is troublesome and yeah i remember when we first started this show and talked about the aeropress and i think we talked about like adding water afterward Mm -hmm. but you were kind of more on that end. I was kind of, you, you were kind of not on that. And you're like, I like how it comes out. So I'll just mm-hmm. drink it at the volume that it presses out at. Yeah. And I was like, well, I add some water to it, but I'm kind of with you, man. I, I think, I think the fla- the kind of flavor notes that come out when you just press it, it, it's, it's got that nice, bold kind mm-hmm. of just AeroPress. It's, it's like, it's very distinguishable. Like, mm-hmm. AeroPress brews are all very similar, like not in a bad way, but just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's a solid cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things like well-rounded, yeah, balanced maybe, if you will. Oh. But um, yeah, yeah. So I've been using that. It's, it's been good. I, I have, I was doing a little research on different recipes and stuff. There are some where you can use more coffee and then just like add mm-hmm. water. But um, I, I don't know. I, I think it is good as it is. Other than the fact yeah. that there's not that much, so yeah, yeah, and and there are ways to like mess with it so you can like put more coffee in there or something. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that though. Yeah, I don't trust that either. So yeah, but it's it's been good, you know, using that inverted method, all that good stuff. 
So it's it's good just yeah. to try try something old but new, yeah. I guess. For sure. Yeah. What 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 have you been brewing on recently? Well, um, still on the Chemex. Nice. So just you know, rocking the Chemex. I don't think I even whipped out the wave. So purely on the Chemex. But um, actually, while you were talking, I did a little research mm. on AeroPress coffee makers. And do you know there's this thing called the two-pour? The two-pour? Have you seen this ridiculous-looking contraption? Like, Oh, the two-pour <laughs> is, the, is the name of a brewer. It's an, an, it's an accessory for the AeroPress. Oh. That, um, I guess, attaches to where the filter is. Uh-huh. And there's, like, two little dinky nozzles that come out. Uh, oh, it it's makes, like the espresso machine. Yeah, but it makes yeah, it makes two cups of eight ounce coffees. Oh, interesting. Let's see. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I see. You oh, see it's that? like a really big thing. Yeah, it like kind of stands on the table. Yeah, it's like the size of the AeroPress <laughs> in terms <laughs> yeah. of like height. Interesting. Right. I don't know if I would go for that. It seems a little. Gimmicky. Gimmicky, yes. Unless there's something in this. I feel like this is literally a spout. I think it's a spout, but also like an extender for Mm. the amount of um, liquid you can put into it. Interesting. Yeah, I don't don't know about that one. I'm skeptical. Yeah. I don't really know how I feel either. And it just kind of, especially with one of the pictures on Amazon, it's like a picture of the the two pour on a table with some draft sketches and mm-hmm. people like looking over it. <laughs> it's like, y'all know y'all just made that up. Like none of that's real. That's funny. <laughs> Speaking of other AirPress accessories, I sent you a um, link on Instagram or not a link on Instagram. I sent you a page on Instagram. Mm-hmm. AirPress apparently has this new thing called AirPress Go. Do you hear uh, yeah, that? Yeah, I saw that. I, th- I think it's on the pour over story as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's like a mini version of the AeroPress, it looked like, but it's like all self-contained. Yeah. Right. You know, the AeroPress, like, I mean, there's not a lot of pieces, but there kind of are, too, at the same time. But it seems like that one, because people already praise the AeroPress for being pretty portable. But yeah. this one, it seemed like, is his own, his own container and, like, yeah. a mug, too. In a cup, yep. Yeah, so it's like the normal AeroPress, kind of, like, giant syringe looking thing but a little bit smaller and then like the cup itself is the container for everything mm-hmm. so. yeah and all the uh, other um little trinkets that come with it are, are specially made for the go like mm. i think the scooper is different there's like a different stir as oh, well yeah. it looked like it was like foldable so. or something the stir so it's like more compact yeah it like bends or whatever yeah, yeah. Or it's like just kind of bent i don't know Hmm. Very interesting. Is that something you would consider? Well, uh, before I got you that decanter, I was like, man, like, I mean, I got it before the thing came out. Mm-hmm. I was like, dang, because I know you had some AeroPress troubles a little earlier um, regarding the, the filter being missing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, did you figure out what about, you know, about did you get a replacement filter? Yeah, so what, what happened? Yeah, that little plastic basket or whatever the thing that the paper goes into whatever you call that Mm -hmm. uh, was missing so i was in that dilemma like do i buy a new one of those 
or um, get another accessory, um, one thing that did come to mind that you have is, I think it's called the Prismo by yeah. Fellow. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a, it has a metal filter and it's kind of like a pressure valve at the same time. So it kind yeah. of builds up the pressure before it lets it all out. But uh, you, you know, you didn't seem to recommend maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a nice little gadget, but definitely not a total replacement mm. from the paper filter setup. Yeah. And it, it costs more too. So I was like, yeah, I don't know if his is worth I don't know if risk is the right word, but it's like not necessary, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I ended up just buying like normal replacement, just that plastic black little thing. So that's that's what I've been using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, any other uh, coffee news? I don't think so. Not that I can think of. All right, well, uh, that takes us to our discussion of the season finale, essentially, of Master of None Season 1. We've been talking about this show for a minute now, mm-hmm. and um, at the same time, I can't believe it's already over. Yeah, so, Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, but, yeah, Season 1 of Master of None, like, it, like we've said on the show, has received universal acclaim and has been praised for its laughs and wittiness. And this week, we're diving into the last two episodes of the season, um, episode 9 and 10. And so, we'll start with episode 9. Um, in this episode, basically, uh, Dev and Rachel um, are, are living together now, and they discover that um, it's not always going to be easy, and it's not always going to be just, uh, you know, a, about a, a bunch of fun, and that they may come um, come be confronted with conflicts, and... Uh, have dirty clothes on the floor and and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, this episode is basically mostly about them. I mm-hmm. mean, just like uh, once again, a a kind of capsule episode on Deb and Rachel. So, what'd you think about this episode, Dill? Yeah, I think that little capsule kind of descriptor is very accurate. Like for me, one of the things I was like, oh, to me, this was a reminder that the show is really about Dev and not Rachel yeah. too. You know, by extension. But, you know, everything's kind of filtered through Deb's experiences. But this mm-hmm. one was like, is literally just them in their apartment all the time. Right. Yeah. So I, I think they were, they were pretty creative with it. Like they would just kind of flash the alarm clock with the calendar on there. Uh-huh. And like, I think over the course of the episode, like about a year went by. Oh, um, really? I think so. Yeah. I think they started in like July and like ended in like May or something. I don't remember, but. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, um, the intro was funny. So like, yeah, in general, it kind of <laughs> goes through this whole, like their honeymoon phase, basically kind of going yeah. through and then it's like getting really used to each other, et cetera, you know, kind of goes through that whole process in the episode, but the intro, yeah. obviously they're still in the honeymoon phase. Everything's great. They're also happy all the time. They're making jokes, um, and all that. And the whole time I was like, this intro is like straight Steve vibes right now. Um, from, from Nashville, if you remember that guy, oh, the guy oh, in yeah, the yeah. Um, in, in the clothing shop that was like, yes. hey, can, can, can you bond somewhere else right now? <laughs> I'm so alone." <laughs> um, so that the whole intro, that's like all I was thinking about. Mm. I was like, "Man, they, they're like really into each other." And then as the audience, we're just like here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, overall, I I I thought that I enjoyed the episode. What 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 do you think? 
Yeah, I um, you know, I think it goes back to our conversation about the Nashville episode. It's like, do we watch this show because we really are that interested mm-hmm. in Dev's love life, or is it more of these kind of outside Dev little antics that happen mm-hmm. that we just really kind of find the show interesting in that way? Um, and you know, I, I think for people who see this show as mostly a romantic comedy they would really like this episode. Mm. Like this episode definitely speaks to them because I've been reading on forums and stuff. Uh, sorry. In preparation for the show, not, not a whole lot of preparation, but just like looking at it and people saying like, Oh, you know, if, if we wanted a rom-com in one episode, this is what we got. Oh like, yeah. This is for it. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know if you felt that way about this episode too. Yeah. So like, like I said, I thought they're they're creative with it, but at the same time, I, I will say this, this wasn't one of my favorite episodes. No, mm, oh, um, wow. okay. I, I don't know if your 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 subtext and your explanation maybe might hint toward that, but you know, I let you speak for yourself. But um, okay, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's okay, but they like super leaned into like the mundane aspects of just Dev's life. I think, yeah, and. Well, at the same time, I think they brought up a lot of good things, whether it's like mm-hmm. most, you know, based around a relationship, like basic things like what do you do about, you know, dirty clothes on the floor or whatever, mm-hmm. um, to even like uh, meeting Dev's parents, like Rachel meets Dev's oh, parents yeah. and all that, you know, so like I think there are a lot of good relationship, like milestones or even like topics that were brought up. Right. But for me, they like brought it up but then never really dove deeper into it. It just felt kind right. of like more superficial, kind of just bring up the topic, but kind of move on to the next. So I mm. think that for me kind of like kept it at a more superficial level. Mm. Whereas I think there's more opportunity. And like one especially was, I think when, before Rachel meets the parents, you know, she finds out that Dev never even told his parents they were dating. Right. And they've been living together yeah. for like months. Like one year. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. a year. <laughs> It's like man, that's, that's crazy. That's pretty bad. But um, that aside, he, he's he kind of brings up like, oh, it's like a cultural thing, you know. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're white, you just tell your parents, and it's fine. But and I was like, oh, you know, that was their opportunity, I think, almost to go deeper into that cultural thing, because you know that mm. um, they're a mixed race kind of couple, and yeah, and uh, yeah, I thought that would be a good opportunity. But at the same time, it might not appeal to like Netflix's wider audience maybe as much. I, I don't know. Like, hmm. I just don't know how much people are into that. Yeah. Um, whereas for me, like if the whole episode was about how they had like different cultures, that would be really interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just kind of like touched on and that's it. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my general takeaways. Yeah. Yeah, like when do you decide it's time to tell your parents about your girlfriend? Like, I don't know if that's that might be true in Indian culture mm-hmm. um, that it's, it takes that long. Um, I think I'd be too honest with my parents to like not say anything about it. Um, yeah, because they they're pretty serious too, because they live together and you know and just been yeah. together for so long, right? Right. So. I don't. I don't think Dev's culture excuse really holds that much weight, in my nah, opinion. Nah. At I least in yeah, in this specific situation. Also, his parents are like the most chill parents ever. 
hurts. Yeah. <laughs> like What's totally up, doesn't man? work. Yeah. His parents <laughs> yeah. are the best. We, we, we can get more into that, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think for me is like, if it feels more serious, if y'all official or something, like I think for me, that's when I would probably tell, tell mm. the parents. Um, sure. Yeah. Although I, I did have the experience, you know, when I was in high school, I, I had my first girlfriend and uh, I didn't tell my parents. You know, it's, it's oh. what you do. It's like the high school thing. I don't know. Yeah. I just didn't bring it up. Um, but then we, we, as you did back in the day, you went Facebook official. Oh, right, and right. For some reason, I don't even know why. I was like friends with one of my mom's coworkers <laughs> on Facebook. And then my, my oh, mom's wow. coworker like goes up to her. He's like, oh, congrats. Your son's dating this girl or whatever. Congrats. And my, mom's, my mom's like, what? Wow. <laughs> So she she found out about it from her coworker who saw it on Facebook. Yikes. Um, so ever since that experience, I think I I'm like, oh, I should tell my parents earlier. Yeah, so that's kind of a personal personal experience with it. But wow. you know, that's just me. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I didn't tell my parents either mm-hmm. because I didn't have a girlfriend in high school. Hey, oh. gotcha, I gotcha. Oh, uh, um, so. I think in this episode, Dev comes off as a person with without much ambition. Mm. Like, I think we kind of see that a little, little bit more in episode 10. And we can talk a little bit about that in, in detail. Like what, I guess what I mean by that. Mm. But in episode nine, it just seems like Rachel's the only one that has things going on in her life outside of their relationship. Yeah. And Dev's just like following along for for the ride. Yeah, Man. in general, it's just he like resents his, her. Yeah, in general, it's kind of just his struggle with his acting career. I think throughout the season, mm-hmm. he just isn't catching a break. Yeah, and and he, and I guess he kind of like resents Rachel for the, for her success mm-hmm. and for her kind of opportunity to to interview in Chicago. Um. And then kind of she goes there and they kind of take this quote-unquote break. And I, the whole time, Dev is like making pasta, perfecting <laughs> pasta, um, which is, I guess, is kind of a teaser for later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. It's just like he... I, 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 wanted, I wanted to say this later, but he is really like a master of none. Mm. Like he just... He, 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 he got, he's got his eggs in all different baskets and yeah. he just... He's just not a very focused individual, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I, yeah. I don't know. That, that whole Chicago thing, though, like kind of throughout this episode, too, kind of my, my read was just like, it seemed to me that Dev and Rachel just weren't very good at having real conversations. Hmm. Like for me, in terms of their relationship, that's just kind of like, like the presentation of the episode was really about their progression in the relationship. And then as all this stuff came up, cause like, even though like, I guess Rachel's ambitious, at least trying to go for a new thing, it's a pr- pretty big deal. Um, yeah. At the same time though, it kind of, she like reveals that she kind of like hates her job at the same time, or at least mm. hates the bands that she's working with. Yeah. Um, her but then, current position. Yeah. But they don't, really talk about that like that's like super serious she's like you know i hate yeah. my job I hate my life or whatever you know like key to the moment stuff but at the same time is like they not really talking about Processing. the real stuff mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of my my take on that too 
Yeah. Yeah, and I and I know too, like from the audience's perspective, it's like, do we really want to see all that? Like mm. I can see people walking away from this episode and feeling maybe the opposite of how you and I feel that they actually know Dev and Rachel better. Mm. Whereas maybe you and I feel like this episode didn't get deep enough. But um like on the forums and on Reddit and stuff, people are saying, like, man, this this episode really in a short period of time got me feeling like Rachel and Dev are are like two peas in a pod, like <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I think I do see the dysfunction. I see the yep. dysfunction like you do. Yeah, yeah. And I, you brought up that pasta maker scene. I actually really enjoyed that scene. It's like super short. Oh yeah, and like not that significant. I mean the. The fact that he used montage. it was, yeah, but the whole little montage, I was like, ah, very nice. Very, like, soothing. Just kind of watch him make pasta, eat it, and all that. So, I actually, yeah, I like that little, little little bit that they added in there. I think they mm-hmm. are thoughtful about their kind of cinematography and whatnot. Right. Right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to episode 10 before we get ahead of ourselves here. True. And, you know, in this episode being the finale... We, you know, get more Dev and Rachel, but Dev is having the premiere of his movie. So mm-hmm. then we see, uh, you know, all the old gang comes back, you know, uh, yeah. Denise, Arnold, that Asian dude. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Brian, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and and it, it kind of flops on Dev because he's not actually in the movie. And then... Um, Oh, yeah, and also what happens is Dev goes to a wedding with Rachel. Mm. Uh, they attend a wedding of their friends, and, you know, he kind of has this, this little flash-forward moment, but um, the whole episode is kind of about, is kind of about that. I guess Dev kind of questioning his future with Rachel. Mm-hmm. He goes and talks to um, his, his colleague on the set. He talks yeah. to his dad, and in the end, we discover that uh, Rachel's going to Japan, mm-hmm. and then Dev... Ends up going to Italy. That's right. So this is kind of the 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 end of the season, and and kind of it was left on a little cliffhanger, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, they dev they are Aziz and Alan Yang. They definitely uh, played with us a little bit there. I mean, just oh, j- j- sure. jumping ahead to that very end, but like you know, because Rachel drops that bomb, like her her, her hair's red, and like yeah. Aziz <laughs> is very on point reaction. He's like, oh. Your hair's red. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then she, has, she drops a bomb. She's going to go to Tokyo. And then yeah. it makes you think <laughs> that he's going chasing after her. Right. He talks to his actor friend or whatever. And he's like, you know, you got to. Or maybe he reads the book that his yeah. dad recommends. Right. The, right. About the fig tree. Which that, that was pretty deep. Act- yeah. And his actor friend, you're, you're right. His actor friend did mention that the fact about the kindling oh, yeah. is hard to find. That's right. Man, the, the imagery in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he books a flight and all that stuff on the airplane. He's sitting next to East Asian people. Mm-hmm. And then they drop the bomb again or some bigger bomb that he's going to Italy. Yeah. So I remember the first time I watched that, I was like, I was shook. You know, I, oh, I, you I, thought he was going to Tokyo? Yeah, I mean, this time I knew, and I was like, eh. But yeah, um, I think I was a little less bought in this time. But yeah, the first time I remember, I was like, oh dang, he's, yeah, he's not going after her. Yeah, 
Yeah. I actually feel like the yeah, now that I reflect back back on it, this episode when I first watched it was definitely a roller coaster mm-hmm. of emotions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I kind of see this finale episode as like an extension of episode nine. I feel like they just like mm-hmm. they go together mm-hmm. because it's just so centered around um Dev and Rachel's relationship. He just right. kind of pushes it a little further now, like less about just them hanging out in their apartment, living together, those kind of issues, but now more long-term. And like, I think they even, like the closing scene in episode nine is like a foreshadowing because he kind of, like Dev tells that like bedtime story, basically mm. of like their story. And then yeah. Rachel's like, do they live happily ever after? And he's like, I don't know about ever after, but they're happy now. And that's just the Ooh. end. And then we move, move straight into episode 10. And I was like, okay. Like all these little things. And like the Tokyo thing, she brought that up like the second time we ever saw her, like in the season, I think. Yeah. Like and her sister, yeah, yeah, yeah. like always want to move to Paris. So I think they, if you know what's going to happen, you pick up on that. Right. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think about the, the wedding scene? I thought it was... Not just the actual one, but the flash forward <laughs> one. I thought I thought that was really well done. Like uh it's very, very kind of intelligent and mm-hmm. very funny. Um the real wedding was cheesy AF. Yep. Like but she was like that's also real too though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was like talking about uh her husband, like, you're a prism of light. Oh, a prism no. that takes in light and it turns into all these beautiful colors. It's terrible. <laughs> And then the the wedding officiant is like, you are entering a contract that is probably Mm. outdated. And in five years, you'll probably come to realize you made a big mistake. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, that's real. Yeah, I I like that. That was very creative, even like more so than, you know, episode nine, the whole whole thing, the whole season, I think. They're pretty creative in how they present these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Especially like Dev's flash forward daydream kind of things about what life could be like in the future whether with kids or now with like marriage and stuff i mean it's like saying what everyone is thinking maybe or like has gone through at least if you've been in a relationship that's gotten a little more serious you you hit that tipping point where you're like thinking about that stuff oh yeah Um, for sure yeah and probably people too that are around their age you know like around 30 i guess is is the thing Mm -hmm. um so you're no longer in your 20s and you know it's kind of like that transition stage yeah so it was very real and i think um yeah i I thought it was really well done too yeah don't watch this episode when you're feeling that way oh no you know you're rocky in your relationship this is uh it might give you too much to think about. Mm, you'd be on the first flight out to, to Italy or something. <laughs> yeah. Dyeing your hair red. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's that whole like bomb with Rachel moving to Tokyo. Like it makes sense for the plot. But for like mm-hmm. my opinion of her as a character, I think it just really soured it. Maybe mm. like I was just like, what the heck? Like, yeah like this this is so random like, i get it it actually is yeah, yeah you're right but i'm like what the like it, it made me feel like her character was like just more shallow i don't know if that's too harsh but like it's just like what where'd this come from you know kind of thing it right just, it didn't feel 
like who she was being presented as and like being developed to be like mm-hmm. kind of the whole season. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of plot. It was a plot device. Yeah. Kind of. Basically. Yeah. And. Hmm. I, I do have a weird theory. Another one. Okay. Okay. Um, I wonder if Rachel's ex-boyfriend is actually half white, half Japanese. Ooh, she did. She did talk about. She listed all her uh, exes' ethnicities. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, she's and half Asian. He's originally from Seattle, mm. and Seattle has a lot of Japanese people. Probably the one of the most in the nation. Oh, okay. And she's going to Japan. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I don't know, man. Could be a thing. Could be a thing. Trying out those <laughs> ethnics. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that's so cringe. Oh, so cringe. Oh. Dude, but you know people say it, though. I know people say it all the time. They they, they, they say, like, Orientals and stuff to me. Like, that's a thing. Oh, wow. I, I hear that. Oh, my, uh. my, my dad says that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'm like, bro. Shoot, that's a self-hate, man. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think he's just taking what he's heard other people say, like descriptions of Chinese people or East Asian people, and he yeah. just kind of took it on. But it's, it, I mean, it's always like the older people. But yeah, I've definitely yeah. heard it multiple times. Like, oh, I have an Oriental friend. I'm like, ah, mm. great. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Keep me far away from that discussion. Yeah. Um, I want to bring up our boy Benjamin, um, Dev's colleague, his actor friend, mm-hmm. with the wise words. Oh man. yeah, he's he's he, the like, new sage. He's the new sage. He's a new Denise. Mm-hmm. When Denise is not there, we got Benjamin. Yeah, and he said he's the one who brought up the kindling piece. You know, sometimes kindling is hard to find. You know, good wood, so don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But he also mentioned the one hundred percent thing. It's like. No one is ever 100%. Like, we all want to be there, but when are you ever going to feel 100% about someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they, the way they presented Dev's experience and even just thinking about relationships and all that, like, I think it's a pretty accurate portrayal of just, like, young adults' relationships, I think, and just, mm-hmm. like, indecisiveness uh, like his, yeah. his dad calls him out on that too. Um, and I really liked how they, they started with that intro scene about them trying to find tacos. And like, oh. like that was so real. I mean, that in itself, good scene just cause calling yeah, people yeah. out, Googling, yelping, all the food and all that stuff. But like immediately after, like juxtaposes it with his conversation or like, you know, the post marriage kind of thing, post wedding conversation with his dad. And his dad's just like, you're so indecisive. Um, So I think that's very accurate portrayal. And then like maybe this even idealized view of what marriage or relationships are like almost one like fear, fearful view of marriage because you're like, ah, it's commitment forever. But even idealized in that, like it has to be perfect. Um, so mm. that whole conversation, like, I mean, can you have that perspective if you're not married? I don't know, because like Benjamin's yeah. been married for a while, whereas Dev, you know, just out here trying to figure it out still. Yeah, it's like you you can't have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be hundred percent sure, and then at the same time, you can't just not do anything and be indecisive about it. Yeah. Hmm. 
I didn't draw that comparison. That's a good point. Uh, from the beginning with the tacos to the end, mm. with kind of, and I think Dev was entering about to enter a conversation with Rachel about getting back together. Like he mm-hmm. was, that's why he was calling her up. Yeah. You know? uh, but yeah, man, you snooze, you lose. That's right. I mean, the fig tree dies. <laughs> fig tree dies. Yeah, no more baby figs. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. And um and yeah, I think it's just so weird too because Dev is Dev is such a flip floppy guy. Mm. I mean, kind of going back to what I said in the beginning about being a master of none. Like he he really can't decide what he wants. Like whether that's wanting his profession so much that he'll mm. sacrifice his relationship, or you know, or or or, or wanting this relationship and then. And then suffering in his occupation. Um, Like, you know, he had those thoughts after the wedding, but he didn't actually act on them until he got cut out of the movie. Mm -hmm. So, like, his decisions about playing that percentage game, you know, for me, from my perspective, ultimately weren't a result of how he felt about the relationship. It was more Mm -hmm. of his gut reaction to feeling dejected from being cut out of the movie. Wow. So he's just got it so twisted, I think. And maybe that maybe that's what it is like when you're an adult is like you make these mistakes in life because you start to associate in wrong ways that you know your career's tied to your marriage and this and, and relationships and all that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I digress. Um yeah, and I think we see different characters in the show that are just doing well, living life, like Benjamin with his marriage, you know, having a steady job. You <clears throat> go all the way back to um, uh, that guy, the the, the actor oh, who's just like killing it, Colin, you know, and, you know, Rachel's found her thing too. And I don't know, and Dev's just kind of hanging around, you know. Mm-hmm. It's deep. <laughs> I'm rambling. No, no, it's good, good stuff. But I know I feel like this episode <laughs> lends like it it wants us to think like that. I think on purpose. Cuz I mm-hmm. think this episode a little bit with 9, but especially with 10, like the tone is like pretty different from the rest of the season. Yeah. Like not in like oh, this is a totally different show kind of way, but they it's the finale and I think they're treating it that way and they're right. like yeah, we we about to drop some heavy stuff in a cliffhanger and like kind of just it's it's I feel like yeah, it's like the climax kind of conclusion of of all all the things, you know. Um Yeah. Especially like just Rachel and Dev choosing to move to some other country with really no plan for either of them. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like that's like the ultimate millennial move. Like everyone thinks about that all the time or whatever, like ideal, yeah. like oh, quit my job, I'm going to move and backpack through Europe or Southeast Asia <laughs> yeah. or something, you know. Um, but I, I mean, they, they're actually doing it and I'm like, oh yeah, I think this is what it's like to be a young adult in, in mm. this current time, I think. In millennia, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Anything else about the uh, last two episodes of season one? Mm. I'm glad that they let all the supporting characters come back for like mm. a scene or two, you know? You know yeah. all, all the people, even Benjamin, 
Um, so I, I appreciated that. It's kind of like a little, little mini reunion because I think it's been a little bit since we've seen everybody. Right. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I was like, the whole like sickening stuff, I had kind of forgotten about it. And <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think it's super important, but maybe they used it as like you were saying to kind of spur on the rest of the episode, the stuff that was happening. And, and, mm-hmm. and so Dev could see all his friends again. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but I was glad it was nice to see everybody. I think you, you like that in like a finale kind of, kind of said, yeah. So yeah, I like that too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Any other last thoughts for you? No, no, I think there are a lot of little funny bits in here that we didn't really get to talk about, but <clears throat> you know, you mentioned his dad being really funny <laughs> in the sh- or his parents being kind of funny in the show. Um, I thought the dude walking up and just taking a picture of the Mucinex, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> him being the Mucinex guy and walking away, I thought that was funny. Oh yeah. Uh yeah, so it's a lot of a lot of good laughs on this last episode too. Yeah. Yeah, his his dad's the best, man. The cucumber in the butthole? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, um, we got to talk about a favorite show in the season. A uh, favorite, sorry, episode in the season, in the show. Um, you had Indians on TV. I had Ladies and Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder for these next, for these last two, do they, do they top Indians on TV for you? Um... I'm going to say no. I think okay. Indians on TV is still the choice for me. Um, after we talked about the finale, I think I I, I, mean, I liked it. And now, but I think I like it even more. Just like, they, I mean, it's pretty deep. It brings up a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and kind of ties, it ties everything together well while leading you into the next season. Um, yeah. So I, I like the finale a lot too. Um, but... I think as an episode, I, I still liked Indians on TV the most. Gotcha. Yeah. What about you with Ladies and Gentlemen? Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, uh, I'm the same as you. Like, the more we talked about the finale, the more I liked it mm-hmm. more. But, yeah, I'm going to have to stay with uh, Ladies and Gentlemen on this one. Uh, I, I really did like that episode. I thought it had a good mix of random laughs mm-hmm. and, and, a, and a great kind of plot plot that went with it too but um the finale definitely is 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 a close runner-up for sure nice well i guess that wraps up our discussion of master of none season one uh pretty good i think i think it held up i still liked it however like four years later or whatever whenever it came out so i think is it's still still worth a watch a rewatch even so yeah, I guess we'll uh, move on and end the episode like we do every week by ma- asking us what's making us happy this week. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, what's making you happy this week? Yeah, um, I got to watch a, a movie the other day with uh, Brad Pitt called Ad Astra. Um, space. Big budget movie. Yeah, space movie. Definitely has some uh, gravity Sandra Bullock vibes. Um, very good movie. I mm. recommend for anyone who is um, down for a ride. That's a bit of a slow burn, mm. but definitely uh, great visuals and um, a decent story as well. So um, I'm definitely a big cinema cinemaphile, cinephile, whatever. 
Uh, so it was it was cool. I, and I watched it uh, Sunday night. So I was like, man, it's all right. Got work tomorrow, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to go out and watch this movie, yeah, watch yeah. This movie with some friends. It's worth, so. worth that late night. Yeah, we're, I got XD also. Ooh. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, you, you see they got yeah. like that 4D now. I don't even know what they call it. 4D? It's like the chair shakes or whatever and, and stuff. Oh. I'm not, yeah. I'm not super into that, but I, I see them Me advertising neither. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm honestly not that into the new chairs and stuff. Oh, like, really? They're nice, though. I mean... They are nice, but um, I don't know. Like, you fit less people in the theater, mm. uh, and I don't know. I'd rather pay a little less to be in regular chairs. Uh, true, true. <laughs> what about you, man? What's making you happy this week? Yeah, I think this week, so was it? So this upcoming weekend, um, at, at my church, a lot of us play badminton, so we're just doing like a little casual tournament uh, in-house okay. within all the different people that are playing. Uh, so this past weekend, we had like team practice and stuff. So all of us got together, we played, and it was just a good time. I I've, uh, am reminded that I enjoy just playing um, sports, but also yeah, playing badminton because it's been a while since I played. So, yeah, I like getting back into it, feeling like improvement, you know, and all, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and I'm looking forward to winning that tournament. My, you you cool. heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, y'all better watch out. Dill's on his game. <laughs> whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Hit the birdies. That's right. Cool. Well, thanks for discussing this whole season, Joe. And, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll pick it back up, see what we do next. Maybe we continue, maybe not. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. People will have to <laughs> we'll stay see. tuned. Yeah. Just like that this cliffhanger. Yeah, we, yes, we're booking sir. our flights right now, but what show <laughs> are we going to fly to? Oh. Um, but you know, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you later either way. Yeah, man. Cool. This was the Pour Over Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at pourover underscore show to stay up to date with the Pour Over gang. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at Here Comes Daniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic, one word. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet.